The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to stop focusing on business problems and start focusing on the growth and leadership of your business. Welcome to The Business Edge with your host, Marsha Zeidel. Learn from savvy, street-smart entrepreneurs how to make the leap from running a stressful business that's always putting out fires to leading a successful company that is innovative, productive, profitable. Now, here's Marsha Zeidel. Welcome to the Business Edge. I'm Marsha Zeidel, the Smart Moves coach and speaker, helping entrepreneurs and business owners build their culture and leadership to grow great companies that matter, those that do good and do well. My motto is, if you do what you always did, you will get what you always got. Therefore, move outside your comfort zone. That's where the magic happens. So let's start right now to bring some magic to your business with a Marsha's Musings. It's time for Marsha's Musings, a tasty morsel of wisdom and wit to take the growing pains out of growth. What makes a successful entrepreneur? Part four. What do Jeff Bezos, Howard Schultz, Larry Page, and other highly successful entrepreneurs have in common. They have the four critical leadership factors for entrepreneurial success. The first is mindset, how you interpret and respond to situations. The second is self-management, how you manage you because you set the example. The third is dealing with others, how do you build and sustain relationships. Today is the fourth, your business orientation. It involves positioning your company for growth and sustainability for both short and long-term success. Here are the three key skills. Do you have them? First, opportunistic. Opportunities are the lifeblood for most entrepreneurs, and they can be missed by being overly cautious or slow to recognize changing situations. An opportunity may be the next product or service, the next market, the next customer, or even the next business. How well are you attuned to the changes and trends that can affect your business? Number two, strategic. Often being in the right place and the right time to take advantage of opportunities comes from how much you engage in regular big picture thinking and planning to stay ahead of your competition. How well do you move beyond the present to focus on your business future? And the third is proactive. As a leader, people look to you to respond to critical issues, especially when the pressure is on. You need to focus on what's important, make decisions when you don't have all the information, and confidently take action. How well can you identify and act on the urgent? Listeners, how well do you deal 
and and take advantage of your business and your business orientation? A simple assessment, the Entrepreneur Edge profile can tell you. Want to find out? Contact me at Marcia, M-A-R-C-I-A at smartmovescoach.com or call 972-380-9181. You're listening to Marsha Zidle, the Smart Moves Coach, making sure you're on the right track and not getting sidetracked in your drive for high performance and profitability. Today's program on the entrepreneurial journey is The House Call Returns with a Modern Twist. Imagine applying the best qualities of a service like Lyft or Uber to healthcare, convenience, mobile accessibility, personalized service, and price transparency. My guest is Dr. Jonathan Clark, who will tell us how his startup men wants to improve the patient experience by delivering on-demand health care to people in their homes, office, or hotel through a simple mobile app or web interface. Dr. Clark has an impressive background. He is board certified in emergency medicine and is a fellow of the American College of Emergency Physicians. As a decorated veteran, he served in the U.S. Navy for over 14 years with wartime tours as a physician in Iraq and Afghanistan. He is currently a major in the U.S. Air Force Reserves, where he serves as a flight sergeant with the 457th Flight Squadron in Fort Worth. Welcome, Jonathan. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Well, thank you very much, Marcia. It's a, it's a pleasure and an honor to be here. Well, I have to tell our listeners that I heard you speak at a networking event probably several months ago, and I, I came up to you afterwards, and um, I asked you a question, and it was a question coming from a baby boomer, and which is, I'm used to having relationships with doctors face-to-face, getting to know them, they getting to know me. And you talked about how that is changing, especially with the millennials. And I found that so interesting uh, because you are exhibiting one of those characteristics of a successful entrepreneur, which is, you know, being strategic as well as opportunistic, probably opportunistic um, in seeing where the healthcare field is going. So I want to commend you on that. And that's why I asked you on the show. But before we get into that, um, you know, tell the listeners a bit about MEND. Why did you start it? What's its purpose? What's its mission? Great. Well, thank you very much for that introduction, and uh, I really appreciate your your musings at the beginning. Then I, I really felt like I um, identified with a number of those things. So, uh, so thank you again for that compliment. Um, as you mentioned, my background is as an emergency physician in the U.S. military, and so that really colors a lot of my perspective on healthcare um, and how it's delivered. And just to start off by saying, uh, my mission with Mend is really to make uh, everyday healthcare, the sort of ordinary healthcare that we get from a primary care or an urgent care clinic, making that healthcare convenient, making it transparent, and making it affordable for everyone everywhere. And we've started, and we've taken just the first step on that journey. 
And so, uh, so backing up a, a few years, um, my grandfather was actually a physician here in Texas, and he did house calls. And so I grew up with the stories of my grandfather uh, driving out into the country and uh, seeing patients uh, on their own schedules um, in their own locations. And, and that was really sort of the, uh, the ideal Norman Rockwell uh, picture of healthcare in the, uh, the 1950s and 60s. Um, fast forward another 50 years, and uh, I spent nearly 15 years in the U.S. Navy. And a lot of that time was spent outside the traditional healthcare setting. So uh, most of my time practicing medicine was actually not in a clinic, not in a hospital setting. But it was uh, in austere environments uh, in, in many cases. You mentioned uh, both in Iraq and Afghanistan. And uh, I was essentially practicing house calls. They were military house calls, but I was visiting patients um, in their barracks, um, in their uh, hangars, uh, under the wings of aircraft, uh, in the backs of aircraft, um, at all hours of the day and, and night. And so I really brought with me an, an interesting perspective when I um, separated from the U.S. Navy in 2012 and, and started my civilian career in emergency medicine. Uh, so I had a very unique perspective, and uh, I saw a lot of um, what I perceived to be problems, uh, primarily for patients, but also for providers as well, and wanted to try to address some of those problems. So you're right, there was absolutely an opportunity, um, and then there was also um, having that strategy, that big picture thinking, uh, and really trying to to put the pieces together. Um, you know, a lot of emergency medicine, which is which is what my background is, it's all about pattern recognition. And so when you start to look at how um, society is changing, um, you start putting some pieces together. We now expect um, a level of convenience, you mentioned Uber or Lyft, uh, Mm -hmm. whereby we can access pretty much any service or product right through our our handset, through our uh, mobile phone, and have that delivered to us within a matter of uh, minutes to hours. Um, And healthcare seems to be the antithesis of this. Um, it's very inconvenient for uh, for consumers to find health care. We're in the midst of an uh, enormous uh, critical shortage of primary care physicians. Uh, mm-hmm. And we have all of these newly insured patients under the Affordable Care Act that can't find same-day and next-day health care because of the, the primary care shortage. So those patients would end up in our emergency rooms um, where the care is very, very expensive. Uh, the cost is not transparent, and it was uh, uh, just not efficient care. Um, and so are an efficient way to deliver health care. And so we, we tried to address those problems and bring that sort of convenience and service that you get from, uh, from a service like Uber or Lyft and, uh, and pair that with health care. And that's kind of how we started uh, back in March of 2015. Well, I must say that um, of a parent of now three grown children, <clears throat> Um, I have visited several emergency rooms over as they were growing up. Fortunately, you know, the the typical kinds of things that happen to kids. um, And one that wasn't so typical was a daughter in an automobile accident. And I still remember what it was like, especially when you're fearful um, of, you know, going to the emergency room and, and, and dealing with everything and how much my better some of the things that I've experienced with my kids could have been done differently. So um, I'm very enthusiastic about what you're trying to do. Um, m- let's move on. Um, you know, you, you, um, you were in the military. Uh, you uh, then went to civilian, and I believe that you had said when, when I heard you speak, you may have worked in, in clinics or hospitals. But right now, I mean, you are an entrepreneur. 
um, you started Man. So what do you find most satisfying of being an entrepreneur in owning a business? Well, I, I think the most satisfying thing here is, is really the ability to make a difference. Um, um, I think, um, you know, many of my colleagues, uh, they're, they're very, very bright, motivated, disciplined people, and they have good ideas. Very few of them um, really take, are willing to take that risk and, and to move outside of their comfort zone. Um, and, uh, and that really limits uh, their opportunities, I think. So I, I think it's, it's great to be able to wake up every morning and realize, yes, there are challenges ahead. There are things that I have never had to deal with um, or, or, or make decisions on. And that's, that's exciting because that represents opportunity to me. And, uh, and I think that's what being an entrepreneur is, is about. It's about uh, kind of taking the bull by its horns and, and being able to, um, uh, to capitalize on, on those opportunities. And, you know, that is, I've been now interviewing uh, entrepreneurs, uh, different ages, male, female, different um, industries, different kinds of businesses. And one of the key things that they say, it's not the money, although it's the making the difference. Of course, they want to make money. You know, that, that's what drives many people. But it's making the difference in, in, in whatever they're doing. Um, so, but, you know, at the same time, uh, starting and growing a business requires more than just a business plan or even the desire to make a difference in the world. Now we're getting to the, some of the nitty gritty issues. Um, what were the top three challenges in getting men off the ground? And, you know, um, you know, what did you find? Uh, some of the some of the things that you came uh, that came across your desk, or you had to deal with, um, that probably other entrepreneurs who are think are you know are, have faced, or people who are thinking of being entrepreneurs. So, what might be those three challenges? Yeah, well, I'll I'll try to get three. Um, I, I would say that you know to to follow on to what you said, you have to you have to have a passion for what you're doing, and I think that's. That's really at the heart of being an entrepreneur. Um, you know, making money is, is great, and you can do that in all sorts of different ways. But unless you really have a passion for something and you wake up hungry for that every day, it really becomes um, uh, sort of tedious. And, um, and um, so, so you've got to have that passion. Um, the other thing is discipline. And so I mentioned those two things because the, the challenges that you run up against every day as an entrepreneur, especially pursuing a new idea, they're going to challenge your patience. They're going to challenge your discipline and perseverance, and they're going to challenge your, your passions and what you think uh, your mission should be. Um, and I would say early on, um, it, it was really a matter of challenging the status quo. Here was mm-hmm. a new model. Um, mm-hmm. uh, house calls is not a new model, but, but this sort of way of accessing and delivering health care is, is very new. And there were a lot of naysayers, and there were a lot of people who pushed back, and a lot of people who said it couldn't be done uh, from another a number of standpoints, whether that's logistically or legally or, or uh, you know, uh, uh, there are regulatory restrictions and so forth. And so there were a lot of people who said, you can't do this. Um, it, it won't work. You'll fail. And I think what's, uh, what's unique about entrepreneurs is our ability to, um, uh, to take that under advisement and push on anyway. Um, and, and I think what, what really drives that is the underlying passion to, to make a difference and to do good. Um, so I, w- I would say um, 
in one point, it would be um, challenging the status quo is is very right. difficult. Right. Um, and that and that just calls into uh, to play the need for discipline. Right. And many right. times during this journey, um, you're going to feel like things are 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 bogging down and you're not making progress. Maybe you've taken uh, one step forward and two steps back. And uh, just being able to maintain that discipline every day and realize what the end goal is going to be and, uh, and continuing to press forward. Good. And, you know, we just have about a minute or two left. So, you know, you brought us up to the present. Um, what, you know, what are your future plans and where do you want to be three to five years? And, I, we, you know, just st- start briefly and then we could actually go more in depth in the next session. But, real, you know, where do you want to go? What do you want to be? Do you want to be national? Just, you know, where are you going with MIND? Yeah, well, as I said, my sort of my big hairy audacious goal from uh, from Jim Collins is uh, is to make healthcare convenient and affordable for everyone everywhere. And so I don't think there's any geographical um, limitations to that. I think there are opportunities in here in Texas. I think there are opportunities across uh, our country, and uh, there are opportunities in other countries as well to make healthcare convenient, transparent, and affordable for everyone. Well, on that note, it is time for a short break. I'm Marcia Zeidel, the Smart Moves Coach, and my guest is Dr. Jonathan Clark, talking about the house call returns with a modern twist. In the uh, next segment, Jonathan will get more into the nitty-gritty of of the uh, leadership issues in uh, building a business. So you're listening to the Business Edge on Voice America Business Channel. Stay tuned. Are you starting a business, growing a business, or investing in businesses? How well do you stack up to successful entrepreneurs? Do you have the right leadership and talents to build profitable, saleable companies? Find out if you're on the right success track by taking the Entrepreneur Edge and the Emotional Intelligence Profiles. You'll get fast, personalized feedback with your top success factors and the top smart moves to power on and power up your business performance. Start right now. Go to smartmovescoach.com and click on Success Profiles. Have you heard the great news? Snelling has been awarded Best of Staffing by both clients and candidates for their remarkable service, an achievement less than 1% of all workforce solutions companies can claim. Simply put, Snelling's satisfaction scores are more than double the industry average. We call it People Plus, and you'll understand why when you give us a call. Call us at 1-800-411-6401 or visit our webpage at www.snelling.com. That's 1-800-411-6401 or S-N-E-L-L-I-N-G.com. Have you ever heard of someone who felt stuck in a challenging situation, feeling sideswiped by an event that took their success path off course? Glenn Ramsey, the entrepreneur blind spot coach, will help you to identify the unnoticeable reasons why you've derailed and get back on track with your KPI goals. Get realigned with success and connect with Glenn, the blind spot coach, at Glenn at InspireNexus.com to schedule your free discovery coaching session today. That's Glenn, G L E N, at InspireNexus.com. You're tuned into the Business Edge with Marsha's Idol. 
To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to the business edge. Welcome back to the Business Edge. I'm Marcia Zeidel, the Smart Moves Coach, helping entrepreneurs and business owners build their culture and leadership to grow great companies that matter, those that do good and do well. My guest is John, Dr. Jonathan Clark, um, um, who is talking about the house call returns with a modern twist. And at the end of the last segment, um, I asked Jonathan, you know, what are his um, goals for um, his business, uh, MEND, and, you know, where does he see it going three to five years? And he answered by saying, I have a big audacious goal to make healthcare convenient and affordable for everyone everywhere. And wow, that is a big audacious goal, Jonathan. So, um, now I want to delve a little deeper into this, take a deeper dive in terms of what does it take to um, not only grow a business, but to move from that startup phase to uh, a more established phase. So, you know, entrepreneurs face a variety of leadership issues. And one of them is, as you grow, is hiring the right talent. So, Jonathan, you know, you are growing your business. I know that. Uh, What are you looking for? How do you identify potential employees? Um, Do you have a hiring philosophy? Uh, So tell the listeners a bit about that. Yeah, thank you, Marcia. So um, I say... um, that we're sort of building the airplane as we're flying it here. And so a lot of these things are, are being uh, philosophies and policies and procedures are being built as we're, uh, as we're growing. And so um, it's exciting. Um, but what I've found to be the most important factor in building this team is really having the right people. Um, having the right team is, is so important and so key. And uh, to reference Jim Collins again, um, you know, having the right people on the bus is, is very, very important. So we look for people um, for our administrative staff that um, share the same sort of mindset and philosophy and the passion and discipline that, that we share, uh, that we have. And uh, sometimes you don't know where those people are going to fit best, um, but you know that's the right people to have on the team. And so we look for those sorts of people that, uh, that are uh, sort of outliers. Uh, but have that same sort of passion and drive that we have, and then we uh, we sort out where where they're going to sit on the bus and what roles they're going to fulfill uh, thereafter. You know, it's interesting because the person I interviewed um, uh, last week, um, very interesting business. Um, it's called Three Sixty Wraps, and it's Dallas based, and um, they wrap cars for you know uh, with company advertisement. And I asked her the same question, and she said, "We hire for fit first." Skills, yes, but fit first. And I hear that because that's building the culture. You want people to fit in your culture. And I think we'll get into, you know, asking you a little bit about the culture you're trying to develop. Um, So is there anything else about, you know, where do you find these people? Do you advertise for them? Do you just do word of mouth, referral? Um, 
you know, I know you're, you're, you're as you said, you're building the airplane <laughs> as it's, it's taking off. But um, have you found any best way to, to find these kinds of people? Yeah, I, I would say that we, we do a little bit of all of those. Um, but I feel like the, the best uh, the best fits have been through established relationships, uh, through <laughs> networking relationships, through uh, through personal relationships. Um, you, you can really have an opportunity to get to know how people are going to respond and react. And I think those personal references and referrals are the, are the most important. Again, the most important part of the team is is the human relationships. And uh, really taking your time to uh, to find the right people is important. I've got a friend who's a um, a uh, graduate of the Harvard Business uh, School, and uh, she says that her professor said, "If you remember nothing else from uh, from HBS, uh, it's hire slowly and fire fast." Yes. Uh, that's a, yes. In other words, <laughs> take your time to get to know your people and and make sure that you have the right fit. And uh, and if you don't have the right fit, um, be sure to. Uh, uh, to make a change uh, swiftly. Right. So you know, you talked about you know you're you're building a team. You're probably you're building a team of employees, and you're building um, uh, you know I assume a management team because you can't do it all. Um, how are you putting that together? And you know, the key point for for a a startup who's really ramping up is how do you align the goals and responsibilities so that, you know, everyone is aligned with your mission, with your, um, you know, your purpose, and especially if they're in different parts of the, the city or different parts of the country. And then I'm not sure where your, your, where your employees are, but um, talk about how you're building your team. Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's fairly interesting. We sort of have two distinct teams. We have a clinical provider team, and then we have mm-hmm. uh, sort of our administrative back office team who, who are building the business practices. Mm-hmm. And so um, in, in some ways, we have a distributed team, and that is our clinical providers are uh, spread out over a 900-square-mile uh, territory in the, in the mm-hmm. Dallas-Fort Worth area. And so what we found is, is that um, communication is, is just key. Uh, across um, all of our staff and both of our teams. And uh, so we've really built processes that, that help um, facilitate the flow of information, communication on a weekly basis, and uh, really engage uh, those people and ask them for feedback and mm-hmm. involve them in decision-making as well. And so we have several processes in place, which, uh, which include uh, email communications to all of the team every Monday, we have uh, clinical provider meetings uh, once a week as well, where we uh, touch base with all of the clinical providers. We have weekly staff meetings here for our administrative team. And we usually have a weekly wrap-up as well. And uh, we've, we've adopted this from our technology team, actually, which is another uh, off-site team in Denver. Um, and uh, each day is begun with a uh, stand-up of what we accomplished yesterday, what our goals for today are. Um, and then uh, that's a very brief sort of uh, overview so everyone knows what's going on. And then we have what's called a retro at the end of the week. So uh, by, on Friday afternoon, um, we kind of sit down and spend 30 minutes to an hour, and we say, what went right this week? Uh, mm-hmm. What could we have done better this week? And kind of what's, what's a blah, you know, a, uh, um, this is just kind of uh, mediocre. And so everybody has an opportunity to uh, really give um, good feedback um, as to uh, the direction we're moving in. Um, and so that communication is just really key to have that flow, uh, both from the leadership, from the top down, but also from the bottom up as well. 
Um, yes, and so you've put these processes and procedures in place, and the the um, what intrigues me because you're not the as businesses are. Um, not are in uh, their people are distributed in different locations, different parts of the world. Now you are within a 900 square feet of the Dallas area. Um, how much do you rely on technology, and how much is it where you're doing face to face? So you know what's the percentage? Um, because you're having all these different uh, processes, you know, procedures uh, and meetings. So is it mostly through technology? And how is that working? Yeah, so that's that's an interesting challenge. Um, we do a lot by email, and we also do video teleconferences as well. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I would say the large majority of our communication is technology-assisted. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we do a, a fair amount of face-to-face as well. And I think that's really important. And, and it kind of speaks to our business model as well. Um, there is... Um, great opportunity within telemedicine, um, but if you, you think about what we need as human beings, uh, you mentioned before, is that that relationship with uh, with the primary care provider. And so I don't think telemedicine is ever going to completely replace that face-to-face sort of communication and uh, and conversation that you have with the physician. And we're, we're sort of finding that with, uh, with, our, with our teams as well, that face-to-face is by far more valuable and more productive than technology-assisted communication, but there's a place for both. Right. And the reason I'm interested is I'm going to be doing a a webinar on virtual teams, and and I've been doing quite a bit of research. And um, what you're saying um, reinforces that technology could do so much, but at some point you need that face-to-face, and companies have to build that in to their business model. So... um, Moving on, um, one of the key areas that I am most interested in from being a business executive coach and because of a lot of my experiences going into, you know, different kinds of organizations, looking at men, because you are actually building your culture, which is, I think, really important. You haven't come into a culture, you're building it. So what kind are you, what, what do you, what kind of culture do you want in your, in men? How are you building it? And um, some, you know, some perhaps challenges you're having. Well, that's, um, that's a great question. And, and I think it's one of those things that we're, we're trying to, um, to figure out as we move uh, along here. I, I think one of the the mainstays or the foundation of the culture that we're trying to build is is that open communication. And mm-hmm. so um, the ability for every member of a team to have a say and to not be afraid to uh, to speak up, to offer their opinion, and, uh, and, and for that voice to be heard. And it's really all about, uh, again, communication. It's about um, having emotional intelligence and, and the ability to listen and for um, every member of the team to be heard and have that opportunity uh, to, to provide input. And so that's really, I think, at the foundation of the, the, the type of team and the culture that we're trying to build here. Okay, I'm going to ask you this question, um, which is, well, let me give you the background. Because I have, uh, as I said, I go into different organizations and different companies, and I have worked 
um, in healthcare and have um, you know done training and coaching in, in 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 doctors' offices as well as you know hospitals and etc. Um, one of the things I found, and I realize it's changing, is that uh, there is somewhat of a I'm not sure I can communicate to my, to the doctor I work with or. You know, there is that feeling of, I don't know if I can be that open. And the other side of it is the doctor not really paying that much attention to the support staff um, with their Mm -hmm. ideas. So my question is, how do you deal with that? Because doctors have always had that aura of, you know, at times being God, at times, you know, knowing it all. So I don't think you do uh, from what, but... Have you, you know, is that something that is an issue when you are dealing with clinical people who may be hesitant to say these things? Yeah, I, I think it definitely is. I mean, you hit the nail on the head, um, and you said it quite kindly. I would, I would be more <laughs> blunt. <laughs> um, you know, frankly, medicine is, is antiquated and, and it's paternalistic. And um, I, I can't tell you the number of. Um, just really terrible leadership examples that I've seen um, in medicine um, based on that sort of paternalistic system. And I think that's changing. I think um, the younger generation of physicians um, have different expectations. I think uh-huh. um, the millennials have different expectations as well. And, uh, and I think we're starting to see evidence of that. And so um, I think it's, a, it's about leading by example. And it's about showing these providers that it doesn't have to be uh, the nasty, mean old surgeon who's making you do this because they did it too. Um, it, it's it's just it's an opportunity, I think, to be a better leader, to be a better listener, and to to lead by example. Right, and that gets into um, the fourth area, which is leadership style. And I think you know you've talked a bit about your leadership style, but. Um, have you had to make changes in it, in your style, um, from, and then this is my curiosity, from the military mm-hmm. to civilian to being an entrepreneur? Have you had to make any changes? Um, and if so, what, you know, some examples. <laughs> First of all, the answer is yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> my leadership <laughs> styles are completely night and day. And I think that's just been a process of, of education and experience. Um, um, the style of leadership that I practice in the military oftentimes was, was that sort of paternalistic um, uh, sort of perspective. And um, I can, uh, you know, I, 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 as an example, um, for sort of uh, punishment or, or uh, retribution for Something one of uh, one of our corpsmen did in Iraq. We had him filling sandbags and then emptying them when he was done again. Um, <laughs> that makes me cringe now. That's <laughs> that's not the right way to deal with with human beings and with with people's emotions. And so I've really had to dig deep and to spend a lot of time uh, reading and practicing um, how to be a better listener, um, mm-hmm. how to be a democratic leader, how to uh, receive input. And uh, and feedback, and to uh, to make changes based on uh, based on that input and feedback. So, um, it's it's been a a growing process. Uh, I have only just begun, and I'm, I'm very excited about the opportunities ahead to be a, a better leader and a better listener. 
Well, on that note, um, it's time for a short break. I'm Marcia Seidel, the Smart Moves Coach, and my guest is Dr. Jonathan Clark, talking about the house call returns with a modern twist. Um, in the next segment, uh, Jonathan is going to uh, talk about you know one of his biggest ahas so far in his entrepreneurial journey, perhaps some do's and don'ts. And um, some other things that we may, I may tease out of him in terms of what, you know, what is a successful entrepreneur. So you're listening to the Business Edge on Voice America Business Channel. Stay tuned. There's a saying, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Are you satisfied with what you're getting? Are you ready to get something different? To get the business edge, bring Marsha Zidal, the smart moves author and professional speaker, to your next meeting, conference, or retreat. What you get is more than just stories and motivation. Marsha delivers big ideas with big impact to fast-track your business and your leadership. Schedule your next keynote or presentation now at Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. Are you starting a business, growing a business, or investing in businesses? How well do you stack up to successful entrepreneurs? Do you have the right leadership and talents to build profitable, saleable companies? Find out if you're on the right success track by taking the Entrepreneur Edge and the Emotional Intelligence Profiles. You'll get fast, personalized feedback with your top success factors and the top smart moves to power on and power up your business performance. Start right now. Go to smartmovescoach.com and click on Success Profiles. Have you heard the great news? Snelling has been awarded Best of Staffing by both clients and candidates for their remarkable service, an achievement less than 1% of all workforce solutions companies can claim. Simply put, Snelling's satisfaction scores are more than double the industry average. We call it People Plus, and you'll understand why when you give us a call. Call us at 1-800-411-6401 or visit our webpage at www.snelling.com. That's 1-800-411-6401 or S-N-E-L-L-I-N-G.com. Have you ever heard of someone who felt stuck in a challenging situation, feeling sideswiped by an event that took their success path off course? Glenn Ramsey, the entrepreneur blind spot coach, will help you to identify the unnoticeable reasons why you've derailed and get back on track with your KPI goals. Get realigned with success and connect with Glenn, the blind spot coach, at Glenn at InspireNexus.com to schedule your free discovery coaching session today. That's Glenn, G-L-E-N, at InspireNexus.com. You're tuned in to The Business Edge with Marsha Zidal. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. 
Welcome back to the Business Edge. I'm Marcia Zidov, a Smart Moves coach, helping entrepreneurs and business owners build their culture and leadership to grow great companies that matter, those that do good and do well. My guest is Jonathan Clark, uh, CEO of MEND. Um, he's talking about the house call returns with a modern twist. And it, I believe it for me, and I hope for the listeners, it's been a fascinating conversation um, about how he is bringing health care, affordable and convenient health care, to everyone everywhere. Because it is a very new and different model, and it is um, uh, moving against the status quo of, of health care and medicine, particularly here in the United States. So, you know, I want to move on to some of the key things that Jonathan has experienced and some of the, you know, ahas for him and how, what, you know, what he's been going through. How could it help other um, entrepreneurs who are starting a business or thinking about starting a business or even growing a business? So, um, uh, Jonathan, in your entrepreneurial journey so far, which you've said it's like building a plane as you're taking off, what has been your biggest aha? Well, Marsha, I think the biggest aha was at the very um, beginning of this journey um, when I really started putting the pieces together. And again, I, I mentioned emergency medicine. There's, there's a lot of pattern recognition there and sort mm-hmm. of putting the pieces together of um, what consumers expect and what some of the problems that healthcare uh, is facing. Putting those pieces together, sort of my, my biggest aha was, was putting the sort of convenience and accessibility um, right in the palms of people's uh, hands. And so that that would, is what I would say was my aha moment. I think that's continually revised. And um, and, and I would say for entrepreneurs, um, don't be afraid to dream. Don't be afraid to put um, disparate services, technologies, and products together in a mishmash and, and, uh, and see what works. Uh, don't be afraid to fail. Um, these are all lessons that I've learned along the way. And uh, it's just a continuous journey. Right. Um, you know, you talked about um, don't be afraid to put disparate, um, I don't know, disparate things, and I'm using things because it, it escaped my mind, together. Sure. Whether you, you techno- <laughs> technology, uh, services, etc. cetera. Um, that is not the norm. So, you know, Besides having, you know, self-confidence, which I think you do, and sometimes I'm sure you felt like, what the heck did I get myself into? Um, <laughs> never, never. <laughs> how, how, I mean, this is just from my curiosity, and I hope for the listeners, how do you keep going? Because it is such a different model, and because it's, it is going against a norm. So what do you do to keep yourself sane? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, I think it all if that comes down to passion and discipline again and um, and you really have to you have to learn to think critically but also to expose yourself um, to uh, other perspectives and I think that's really what gave me the self confidence and and the perspective coming into this to be able to recognize here was a pattern that I could um, adjust um, to create a new opportunity and um, I think travel is one of the the, the great perspective chain, uh, changers. I just mentioned to you that I just returned last night um, uh, from a trip with, uh, with my daughter to Africa. 
And any chance that you have to experience other cultures, other ways of thinking, other ways of of doing things um, is always going to be a productive learning experience. So I would always, um, I would, I would advise people read, Uh, read books that you don't know anything about, read things that are outside your comfort zone, do things that are outside of your comfort zone and experience things that are outside of your comfort zone. And that will help sort of um, uh, give you that perspective that you need to, to put these different things together. And, you know, just you, you touched on something that is very dear to my heart because of my experience of uh, living, uh, not traveling overseas, but living overseas. And that mm-hmm. was due to my, my husband worked for two major oil companies. And so, it, and, and, my, and I raised my children in, in those kinds of environments. So it, you know, it just, it gives you a perspective, a much more open perspective. And, uh, and I also think a, an openness to different, different ways of doing things. Um, so I'm glad you said that because, as I said, it, it, that's one of the things that I try to get across when I speak to groups uh, or, when, or when I'm coaching. So, yeah. um, you know, that was your biggest aha. Now, let's, you know, move on to uh, what advice or words of wisdom will you give to entrepreneurs in starting or growing a business? You know, maybe some do's or don'ts. Uh, you know, what were some of your lessons learned? Well, I, I would say probably the biggest thing is just to not be afraid to fail. Um, the statistics are stacked um, against us. If you read any sort of uh, book mm-hmm. on uh, startups, um, nine out of ten startups fail, and mm-hmm. failure should not be a deterrent. Um, to, and this is where that passion and that perseverance and discipline comes in. Um, it's okay to fail. Um, it, it, you, you prefer to fail fast and, uh, and get over that and, and keep moving on and, and try, another, uh, try another solution. And so I, I think that's the fear of failure, I think, is the biggest deterrent um, to very bright, motivated, disciplined people um, uh, being, finding success in, in entrepreneurship. So don't be afraid to fail. Um, and just to add on to that, um is that I talk about in one of you know when I am doing presentations about uh, Steve Jobs, and he talks about being in the wilderness after he was uh, fired from Apple yeah. uh, computers, and and then when he reflects about that, he said that was a that was the a time where he was growing because then he went to Pixar and he he learned about new technologies, he learned about. Um, uh, teamwork, and he said that was the greatest experience for him because he. And he said, "I'm I'm not afraid to fail now because I I know yeah. I can I can I can I can get beyond that." And I think that's what you're saying as well. Um, Absolutely. So you know, any other do's or don'ts at this point? You know, anything else that comes to your mind um, or some lessons learned? I think we've I think we've really um, covered those. I can't think of anything off the top of my head just just now. Um, I would say, you know, really emphasize that lifelong learning that we've been talking about, uh-huh. uh, that exposure uh-huh. to to other ideas, cultures, beliefs, um, and just continue to grow and learn that way. Um, again, don't be afraid to fail. Um, don't be afraid to dream, and uh, and don't be afraid of the naysayers. Um, there's going to be plenty of people who are going to stand there and say that you can't accomplish something 
because they're afraid to uh, to try. And uh, and uh, I think just having that confidence to uh, to pursue your dreams is is what's what being an entrepreneur is about. Right, and I think from you know from my experience too, the naysayers are really they are coming from their own insecurity. Um, Absolutely. Right, and so um, uh, one of the things that uh, was told to me is, uh, uh, Marcia, avoid toxic people. And mm-hmm. <laughs> and toxic is how you want to define it. But one is those who tell you you can't do it, you're going to fail, things like that. Because in reality, they are the ones who are more afraid. They're not helping you. They're helping themselves live with their own fear. So I think what you said was, you know, it is right on and spot on. And then, you know, finally, um, uh, Jonathan, and you may have covered this, but it would be good to reiterate from your own experience as well as knowing others. What are the top three traits successful entrepreneurs have? Top three traits that entrepreneurs have. That's a great question. I wish I had a canned response to this. Um, I, I think really having, um, I think I, I touched on passion and discipline mm-hmm. uh, being being very, very important in, in getting started. But I think the probably the most important trait of, of leadership in general is uh, emotional intelligence. And mm-hmm. uh, I would really encourage uh, folks to read a book by uh, Daniel Goleman um, mm-hmm. or Harvard Business Review has a number of uh, articles on mm-hmm. emotional intelligence. But businesses are all about people and people mm-hmm. are all about emotions and learning to listen to uh, those emotions and read those emotions and to be able to uh, respond in ways that uh, that speak to people um, in their emotions, I think, is probably the most important uh, leadership trait. And thank you for saying that, because um, not only do I agree with you, but I also, in my in my coaching, have um, um, an emotional intelligence assessment where uh, leaders can take a you know really good look at the, the, their areas of strength and, of course, their areas that need improvement, um, and they usually come to me after they've had some bad experience. So. <laughs> So um, I've certainly learned from my mistakes. <laughs> yeah. So therefore, I'm those not who are listening, this because I'm wise. I'm saying this because I haven't done it right for many years. <laughs> right. So I'm saying to listeners, don't wait until you've made the major mistakes. Get you know, right. get feedback, uh, whether it's from other people or emotional intelligence assessment or whatever. Um, you know, Jonathan. Um, it has really been a delight uh, talking with you, and I really appreciate you taking the time after coming back from a trip to Africa. I know I always am jet lagged. I mean, whenever I've made international <laughs> trips, so and I couldn't have been, you know, I wouldn't have done this on my own if I had just come back. I would have postponed <laughs> it or something. So I really, really appreciate you doing this. But now, you know, for the people who may want to contact you, um, how can they do that? And if you want to tell a little more about, you, you know, what men about your business and your your company and your startup men so uh, go well, thank you thank you first of all for the opportunity Marcia. it's been a, it's been a pleasure speaking with you uh, today and um, I, I hope I've been um, um, able to <laughs> accurately portray what we're trying to get through here despite the jet, jet lag um, so again uh, what we do at this point is we deliver on-demand health care to people where they are and when they want so we deliver um, an urgent care or primary care scope of practice to uh, customers in their home office or hotel 
within the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We serve um, over 75 zip codes in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, and you can learn more on our website. It's mendathome.com. That's M-E-N-D-A-T-H-O-M-E.com. From there, you can find uh, a link to download our free iTunes app. We also have a web app and a customer service number. And uh, stay tuned over the next several months for some big changes. We're going to have a, uh, an all-new um, uh, iOS app, an Android app, a new web app and website, and a lot of neat new integrations uh, uh, as a result of our partnership with Children's Health System of Texas. And so uh, stay tuned. Go to our website and uh, please sign up for, uh, uh, for the email newsletter, and we'll let you know when, uh, when we expand and also when we have uh, new uh, additions to our um, to our services. Well, on that note, I want to thank you again, Jonathan. Um, and I am going to sign up for your newsletter. I hope everyone out there will as well. And so now um, it's time to let you know what who next week's guest. And again, I'm having a, a fascinating um, a guest on. Uh, so next week, to bring you more magic uh, to your leadership and business, the topic is Bridging the Gap Between Baby Boomers and Millennials. My guest is Jason Criddle, angel investor and CEO of the Smart App Company. He has published over 20 books and consults with entrepreneurs to help them expand sales, inspire employees, and improve the overall culture. Um, tune in, because not only are you going to hear another uh, entrepreneurial journey, but as, but as well, a conversation between a millennial, Jason, and a baby boomer, me. And I'm, I'm both uh, excited about this as well as a little, as a little anxious um, because I realize I come with some, pre, some preconceived notions or I have come with some preconceived notions about, baby, about millennials. And I have been talking with them and I have interviewed uh, uh, Jason will be the second one. And I'm coming away with a very different impression and I'm coming away so impressed with what they're trying to do, which is to build a business that will provide them the lifestyle so that they can enjoy their family and give back to the community. So please stay tuned July 1st at noon Pacific, 3 Eastern. Uh, here's a smart moves tip for, for your week. Hunt elephants and not stomp ants. Every day, go after your high payoff priorities. Minimize the time spent on stomping ants, those tasks that give you a quicker kill and a higher body count. But don't put much meat on the table. Are you an elephant hunter or an ant stomper? Here's how to find out. Let's do a productivity audit. Contact me at Marcia, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com or call 972-380-9181. And now my favorite quote. There are three kinds of people in this world. Those, those who make it happen, those who let it happen, and those who asked, what happened? Which one are you? If you're highly motivated to make it happen, let me help you make it happen. As a smart moose coach, let me show you how. So contact me at Marcia, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com or call 972-380-9181. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for listening to The Business Edge. 
and uh, where we help entrepreneurs, uh, uh, ventures, and small to medium-sized companies build the leadership and talent to move from innovative startup to productive scale-up to profitable enterprise. Remember, to be successful, you must get outside your comfort zone. That's where the magic happens. Thank you. You've been listening to The Business Edge with Marsha Idol, the Smart Moves Coach. Join us again next Friday, noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Make the leap from a stressful to a successful business. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 